really it's about honoring your own body, right? And your own hunger and your own, like, what do you want and what do you need? And really tuning into yourself and that, you know, inner voice or inner desire and not, you, you really have to shut out the external in order to intuitively eat. You do. And it's you also do. about, you know, not eating until you're stuffed, right? But really listening to your body and, and stopping when, you, when you're done. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmette. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello, and welcome to episode 113 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Marnie and Stephanie are coming on today as your integrative health practitioners and holistic health coaches to discuss a topic that um, we feel pretty passionate about. You know, it's something that I think growing up when we did, and we won't, you know, date ourselves right now, um, it was pretty prevalent. And that's the diet culture and breaking free from the diet culture. And we, we both struggle with this, um, even still, though we've both done a lot of work. And we know from working with our clients and listening and interacting with a lot of you guys that a lot of women struggle with this and not just women, men too, but I think it was seemed to be more prevalent um, for females. And we're not looking for perfection. We're not suggesting um, perfection. We don't even like that word. But today we're going to dive in and really talk about what does it mean to learn to eat intuitively and how can we listen to our inner voice and break free from the diet culture. But before we dive into that, um, I want to couple things. One, we just want to throw out this disclaimer that this podcast is for educational purposes only, and it's not a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Thrive Chiropractic. I was first introduced to Thrive Chiropractic over five years ago for kinesiology-based food sensitivity testing. I was so amazed by this non-invasive and inexpensive technique that I took my son to have testing done, which confirmed some of his food sensitivities. Both my son and I now have regular tune-ups and even my leery husband has felt the immense benefits from receiving chiropractic care, including cupping. With over 25 years of clinical experience, the doctors at Thrive Chiropractic, located in Minnetonka, Minnesota, combine their passion for wellness with a strong expertise in effective treatment approaches. When you first come to Thrive Chiropractic, the doctors are focused on helping you feel better as soon as possible, and they recognize that one type of treatment or technique does not work for everyone. Your comprehensive exam, personal goals, and individual concerns help the doctors tailor your custom treatment plan for maximum results. Thrive Chiropractic's integrative approach offers holistic and effective healthcare with a full spectrum of complementary products and services, including acupuncture, massage, 
food sensitivity testing, CBD, and premium supplements. As a special offer, Thrive Chiropractic would like to invite listeners of our podcast to experience the gift of health with a $25 new patient visit, which includes the initial consultation, a comprehensive exam, any necessary x-rays, and first adjustments. Simply visit the website at www.thrivechiromn.com or call 952-746-5612 and reference the Arts of Living Well podcast. When you're seeking effective, non-invasive treatment approaches to support your health goals, let Thrive Chiropractic be your partner in wellness. Call or book online today. I want to start off by just asking Marnie, Marnie, what's been new and good in your life? It's been a while since we've chatted with our our listeners. Yeah. um, Well, it's fun to be here together, just the two of us, because it's been a while. But um, what's new? Well, I just got home from Barcelona, which uh, my husband and I went to visit my son, who is currently living there and studying there. And that was an amazing week um, of disconnection from my life here and just being in another country surrounded by people, other people that I'm not usually surrounded by, eating other foods, you know, just walking around the city. And it was amazing and wonderful. And it reminded me how much I miss traveling abroad um, during the pandemic. And let's see, what else is going on in my life? I'm still working on my book. Um, I have a deadline that I need to meet tomorrow, actually, (laughs) um, that I'm racing against. And I, so I'm doing that. And um, I'm starting to reconnect with friends, which has been really nice. Although I've kept, you know, a small circle of friends during the pandemic, I'm starting to finally like reach out to more friends that I lost touch with over these last two years. And that feels really good to me. And I'm hoping as the numbers continue to drop, that I can continue to like come out of this cocoon that I feel like I've been in for the last two years. Um, And later on today, I'm headed up to northern Minnesota with my family. I'm really looking forward to that just getting into nature this weekend. Um, Nature is my happy place very healing for me, keeps me present. So um, that's what's going on in my life right now. What about you, Stephanie? Well, first, I just want to say that sounds wonderful. And I love seeing your pictures because I too miss the traveling abroad. And um, I think I maybe we can touch on something during this conversation um, about food when you're traveling abroad and you don't know um, what options are, you know, what options you're going to have. Right. Um, so yeah. we, we can chat a little bit about that, but it was just something I thought of. I remember seeing a post of yours about dinner and things like that. Um, so that's great. And we, I can't wait to continue to update our listeners on your book and you know, when that's ultimately going to be published. So congrats. Um, thank you. So for me, so while you were in Spain, let's see, I, um, I was out of town for a couple of hockey tournaments, but I got to go to North Dakota last weekend, which I had not been to North Dakota. So I got to check that state from my list. Um, I was in Fargo for my youngest son's hockey tournament. And for those of you who don't live in a cold climate, um, the highway, part of the highway towards the end got shut down because of high winds, like 50 to 60 mile, mile an hour high winds. There were big trucks that were off the side of the road in ditches. And so all the state, you know, troopers and public safety crew had a 
dig out those trucks before they could open, <laughs> open the highway back up. So it took me like an extra two hours. So that was exciting. Um, and then what else do I have going on? You know, since January, I've been pretty focused. I am was I'm getting qualified to sit for the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaches exam. And that's something I've been working on for the last couple of months. And so I finally submitted all my paperwork and now I'm just studying. And I have these study groups a couple of times a week with a few different women from across the country that I got connected with online. And we're really holding ourselves accountable. That test is going to be May 2nd. So I feel like between now and then I'm really like, heads down and just want to, I want to get through that material so I can take it once and be done with it. <laughs> it's definitely a lot of studying and it's way more studying than I've done um, since I took the CPA exam and that was a couple decades ago. So, and then like you, I'm actually headed out of town tomorrow morning to a friend's cabin about two and a half hours away. And I'm really excited. I've never been there. They just got this cabin and there's like two family, will be three families that are going. And I just excited to be outside. There's way more snow up there and um, be in nature and hopefully stay warm. And yeah, just Probably connect. laugh a lot, right? <laughs> laugh a lot, relax, rest, you know. Um, yes. And All spend time with my kids too. I haven't seen my oldest son is like never around. I don't ever see him anymore. So yeah, it'll be nice. I'm looking forward to it. That all sounds so wonderful. And I admire how hard you're working on this studying for this exam. Cause I remember reading the requirements and thinking to myself, yeah, I don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> so, so, and I know you're going to pass and it's going to be great. And you're yeah. just, you're working your butt off. So nice work. Yeah. Thank you. Well, should we dive into our topic today of yes. intuitive eating and ditching the diet culture? Um, I think this is a topic that is so personal for both of us. And I think for most women out there, right? I agree. I mean, maybe we should just talk like, where did this even start? Because I, I do feel like it's our generation and then our parents you know, way back however many years ago, that it, it came to the forefront. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe yeah, it's always been out there for a long time, you know. I actually, that would be an interesting thing for us to research because I don't know what the history of like dieting is, but I do remember, you know, that my both of my parents were always very focused on fat-free. Everything was fat-free and staying thin and staying in shape and um, staying healthy, what they, you know, what they deemed healthy at the time. And the, I think that was very much what was going on, you know, at the time, it wasn't just in my house. Right. Um, and I, like, we've talked about this before, even with the snack wells, like, oh, there's God, nothing yeah. healthy about those snack well cookies, right? But we th all thought they were healthy because they said fat free on them. Right. And I, and I just remember my mom always, not all, for a lot of those years being on a diet. So like whatever Weight Watchers was back then, she was doing Weight Watchers. It was called the diet, some equivalent locally. And she would go and talk about the meetings and weighing herself and keeping a record and having little, you know, before we had the internet, before we had my fitness pail, keeping track of calories. And I remember doing that. I don't know if I was in late middle school or in high school, but I remember having a notebook and writing down the calories of what I ate and writing down what I did to work out and Jane Fonda videos. And, but, but have it, it didn't come from a place of enjoyment. Like it wasn't exercise necessarily that 
I intuitively enjoyed. It was doing something because I thought I had to burn off the calories of what I ate. You know, it was a very much a calories in, calories out mentality. Well, and it's interesting because I was thinking about this this morning. When I was a kid growing up, I was very skinny. I was like bony. Like my knees were knobby, my elbows, like I was just pretty bony. Yeah. And I wasn't that interested in food in all honesty, just because I just wasn't. Um, and then as I kind of came into my teen years, I, I realized I could eat whatever I wanted because I had a very fast metabolism and I thought I was like the luckiest girl alive, you know, <laughs> I can eat whatever I want and I'm going to stay skinny. And um, I remember even looking at other people that maybe weren't as fortunate, I'm putting this in quotes, you know, that gained weight easier if they ate pizza or whatever it is and feeling sorry for them. And today, when I think about that whole mentality, and I'm being really honest here, yeah, um, it's it's like horrible, right? And I don't know where this came from, but I'm assuming it came from my upbringing and, you know, being told, oh, you're so lucky all the time. You're so lucky. You're I'm so sure. skinny. You're so skinny, skinny, skinny. You know, you can eat whatever yeah. you want. And it's like this gets ingrained in you as you're raised. And mm. it's just so interesting that then as I become an adult who um, starts to understand what these things have done to me over many years, I have to work on undoing all of this. Right. And it's so interesting because I had like the, the opposite. I mean, I was always 10 to 15, 20 pounds overweight. I was never, I don't think the word skinny was ever used to describe myself. I mean, people may have used it in my forties. People who know me now think that you know, oh, you're fit and you're active. And I never felt this way or looked this way or, you know, really took care of myself in that way. But I was always the one that had to lose a little bit of weight. Right. And so I was always on a diet naturally. But um, I think, you know, that someone telling you that you look a certain way, like you look, you're skinny, you have a good metabolism that totally messes with you. Right. Cause then that, then you believe that that's what's important. And so you make decisions based on that too. Well, and what happened to me is, you know, then when you get pregnant with your first child, all of a sudden, you, I, I mean, I really pretty much was skinny until I had babies. So yeah. you get pregnant with your first child and all of a sudden you're gaining all this weight and that kind of messes with you when you, you know, your whole vision of yourself changes. And, um, you know, if I were starting over with all the knowledge I have today, I feel like I would embrace, embrace it in such a different way. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting when I was thinking about this and just kind of like preparing for our discussion today, I started thinking about like, when have I, you know, up until recently in the last you know few years, when have I eaten intuitively? Like when in my life did I eat based on what I thought my body really needed? And I actually thought when I was pregnant, because you remember you would have those like intense food cravings. And even though at the time I was, you know, back then still in my, say in my late 20s, my thirties focused on food and, you know, probably still having an unhealthy relationship at that point, but the fat and all that, I would just eat whatever. I mean, I remember a couple of times, like wanting to eat ice cream and baked Doritos or whatever. And that was like my dinner, you know, because that's what my body wanted and craved at the time. And not that that's necessarily good, but there's really, okay, I do that one or two times. Is that the end of the world? No. And then I think we go through this point. A lot of us, at least myself did where I wouldn't eat that because I thought it was bad. But at the time when I was pregnant, I actually was listening to my body and just eating what it wanted. And I think like, that's part of the intuitive eating. It's not, it's not telling yourself no, 
or like not to eat something or to eat something because of some external pressure or motivation. It's tuning into your inner voice and what your body needs. And we're all unique, beautiful humans, right? And some people can eat vegetarian and some people like can't, like their bodies don't do well on that diet, right? So to tell someone to eat a certain way because that's what you do is really not, like I know as a coach, that's not something that I do with clients because I want them to tune in and listen to their bodies and be able to like eat for their, for their lifestyle, but for what their, what their body needs. I mean, it sounds very simple, but. Absolutely. I mean, and, and while doing that, rejecting that whole diet mentality, right? Like, like we don't need weight, weight watchers, right? We don't need to count calories. We don't need to, to even necessarily track everything. You know, I was talking to my daughter the other day and she was telling me that she knows so many girls, you know, 17 and 18 year old girls and they're writing down the calories that they're ingesting every day. And then they're trying to figure out how they can burn more calories than the number of calories they're ingesting. And my heart was just breaking. I'm like, this is so sad. That makes like, me really how, sad. How, 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 how did we come to this? No, because like that's what I just explained that I did when I was younger. And I really thought we right. were a little further in, advanced if that's, but, but no, because now we have Instagram and now we have social media and TikToks and it's all about what everyone else is doing. Right. And, you know, I think you and I've had this conversation before where we're to a point where we can tune out a lot, maybe not, not all, but a lot of what's going on outside because we've done a lot of work and we've been on our own journeys, but a lot of people haven't. And then speaking to parents out there that do have girls, right. Um, you know, how do you practically just eat intuitively? What does, what does that even mean? I guess. Right, exactly. And it's like, you know, really, it's about honoring your own body, right? And your own hunger and your own, like, what do you want? And what do you need? And really tuning into yourself and that, you know, inner voice or inner desire and not, you you really have to shut out the external in order to intuitively eat. You do. And it's also about, you know, not eating until you're stuffed, right? But really listening to your body and and stopping when you when you're done. Yes. It, you know, and I think what what happens is either people follow a strict diet of and it could just be a way of eating. So either they're only eating plant-based or they're only eating vegan or they're only eating paleo or keto or whatever someone else whatever works for someone else they're going to try it, right? So there's that approach. And then there's the, oh, I'm just going to eat whatever I want because all the negative self-talk and the voices in your head and the self-sabotaging, right? So, oh, I I blew it last night. So I might as well just forget the diet. I can't do it. I'm a failure. And then you go down that path. So it's like you have these two extremes um, and you got to get rid of the voices in your head. You know, I think Marnie, you and I just, we've interviewed people recently talking about this, you know, whose episodes will be dropped in the future about how you do that, you know, through different ways. And so that's probably a topic for And that's the awareness, right? Like you need the awareness around that. But like, even when you were just saying that, it's not even just the voices in your head, it's even the voices around you. Like Mm -hmm. someone said to me the other day, I can't remember what I ate. Oh, I know what it was. I had a piece of naan. And they were like, you don't eat gluten. (laughs) And I was like, well, you know, actually like, so maybe, 
go back five years and I was like, I am not eating one speck of gluten, very strict. Okay, well, I've learned a lot in these five years. Now I eat, I don't eat a lot of gluten. I eat very little gluten and guess what? It's up to me when I eat the gluten. It's not up to you. You don't get to decide, I get to decide. If I want a piece of naan, I'm gonna eat the naan. Yep. I'm doing what feels good to me, what feels good to my body. I know that if I eat too much gluten, I tend to get a rash. But I've right. kind of figured out what works for me. And guess what? It's not your business. It's my business. Exactly. And I think that's a good example of intuitive eating. Right. Yes. And I think it's just getting to that place of like homeostasis where there are certain foods that some people can and cannot eat. Doesn't mean that you can never eat them, but you're honoring your body. And it's not being on a diet for me. It's a way of living and eating no different than I want to get outside and move my body. Ideally, I'm doing something, even if it's for 10 minutes in the flipping cold, freezing weather outside, right? Because that feels good to me and it helps with my physical and emotional and mental health. It's no different with food. I'm honoring and choosing to eat a certain way, you know, because it feels good for me and I know it works for my body and that's what it means. So I don't, you know, people are like, well, how do you eat or what's the best diet or what do you think about this diet? I'm like, I don't know, because bioindividuality, everyone is different. And some people can do very well with gluten, you know, and some people can't. And it also, you know, so again, it's just, it's taking time to be with yourself though, to figure and honor and figure out what works for you. And it, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. This sounds really simple, but it's not right. And, and not only what works for you, but what satisfies you, right? Like, right. like, and I don't mean like eating your feelings in a piece of chocolate cake. I mean, like really feeling satisfied and good inside whatever that food may be, right? Not burying yourself in it, but like right. really coming through and feeling, feeling full and satisfied and, and good. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's thinking about like, what's your vision? Like, how do you want to feel? How do you want to sleep? Oh, I want, I really, it's really important to me that I get up and, you know, work out. Oh, okay. So then maybe I shouldn't like, maybe I should eat a certain way in order to, in order to be able to do what it is you want to do. Um, and I think it's a lot of, some of this just comes down to like making peace with food, because what I've seen with a lot of women is that you know, it goes back to childhood. And so it's either, oh, I always had a treat after I did well on a test, or I always had a certain food, you know, in the house around this time of year. There's a lot of like emotional attachment to food. And mm -hmm. I know we've talked about this, like around holidays and stuff and how you, and how you deal with that. But then it's, again, you're listening to someone else. You're listening to family tell you what you should eat and not recognizing I actually don't even like the taste of that food or it really makes me feel very uncomfortable. So I'm not going to eat it and like honoring that. And that can, right. be, that can and, be tough. And, and even, um, you know, when you were talking about programming from childhood, that programming of, I have to be perfect, right? A lot of us were raised yeah. feeling like we have to look a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way. And, um, you know, diet can play into that a lot because, you know, even on Instagram and social media and on TV uh -huh. and magazines, we're seeing all of these very edited, very skinny women, although that's starting to change a little bit, right? There's some companies yes. now that are 
showing all different shapes and sizes, which is wonderful. But for the most part, people want to be skinny, right? They want to be skinny and they don't necessarily care if they're healthy. They, right. they want to be skinny. <laughs> and yeah. I, I've had a number of friends say to me, like, I don't have time to like cook my meals and, and focus on the things that I know I should do to lose weight. I'm just going to do Weight Watchers or I'm just going to do whatever program. They give me the food. They give me the bars. Yeah. Calories in, calories out. And I, in my head, I'm thinking, you're not honoring yourself that way. Uh -huh. Like you're, you're listening to the external and you're not... Um, you're, you're just not honoring yourself. Right. No, whenever it comes from another source externally, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. It's either because you want to look a certain way, like you said, like you want to be skinny or it's, you want to please someone, you know, there's a lot of just like people pleasing out there, um, that again can come from childhood as well. But, um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of layers that need to be <laughs> peeled back with this topic. Right. Yeah, very much. Like the other day I was, I had just finished working out and my mom called me and she, I said, I just finished working out and she's like, oh, so you can stay nice and skinny or something like that. And I was like, well, actually I was working out because I feel really good when I work out. I feel strong. I, you know, get some of my like anxiety and stress out. I calm myself down. And I said, I feel really good inside when I work out. It has nothing yes. to do with trying to be skinny. Right. No, I know. And, you know, I think some of this with food, it has to do with control as well. It's like mm -hmm. a variable that people can control. So when they're, you know, parts of their lives are out of control, they use food as a way to control. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, um, I'm going to share this. I actually just shared it on social media yesterday, but I, for myself, just within my own journey and just calming my nervous system, have felt like I need to control certain areas of my life. And I think that has manifested with my kids in the house with food, just given I do like to eat very clean because that honestly, like really nourishes my body and I feel amazing. Um, but it can become a little bit of a struggle with my kids, right? Um, now that they're teens. And so I just told them that there's going to be a couple days where they can eat whatever they want. So it's not like, oh, you can eat this or this, or here's some options. It's literally like they could eat chips and crackers all day long if they want. They don't have to eat a single vegetable. They don't have to eat a single um, piece of fruit. And I cannot say anything. Like I cannot roll an eye. I cannot make a comment. And I want them to eat intuitively, right? This is kind of, and this started before we even, you know, I think it talked about even recording this podcast episode today. And so it's interesting, you know, and I feel really good about it. Like I feel calm. It's not making me anxious to be like, oh, my kids haven't had a vegetable in two days. Or I don't know if they had or not because they're packing their own lunch. They're making their own dinners. They just have to like clean up after themselves. And it's, it's kind of freeing, I have to say, as a parent, just to not not even worry about it. And I'm not, I'm actually surprised with how calm I am about it. I think that's awesome. And I think um, you're doing your kids a service because you provide lots of healthy options in your home and they're going to grab those options when they want them. And that's all you can ask for, right? Like, I agree. I totally agree. And my youngest son, you know, he's 
obviously still young. He's only 11. And he came home and on his own yesterday, he's like, mom, I had three pieces of fruit yesterday. I had a pear, I had a banana and I had you know an apple or whatever it was. And I was like, well, that's great. You know, I didn't make a huge deal about it, but it just shows to your point, like they will naturally eat what their body needs when there's good options available. Yeah. So. And I was one of those kids where my parents would sit me at the table with my protein and vegetable and whatever and put a timer on because I literally wouldn't eat. Like I, what, it's not that I wouldn't eat, I would eat, but I wouldn't eat. And my body would tell me I was full after seven bites or whatever it was, like I yeah. was done. And they yeah. wanted me to eat an entire full plate of food. Yeah. So they would put the timer on and I would literally be sitting at the table. I'm not joking for like an extra 45 minutes. And then I would eventually feed the food to the dog <laughs> under the table. <laughs> almost regularly like very regularly because my body wasn't hungry and i didn't want to eat it <laughs> you know what that's so it's so perfect because we innately know at a very young age what we need to eat like how much we need to eat and we can self-regulate more as kids you know like just i think of all the times that i mean i've done it where i've been like you have to eat you have to eat this you know not clean plate club because i've tried to go away from that mentality now for several years, but telling someone what they need. And I'm like, you know what, if they don't want to eat the meat today and they actually just want to eat vegetables, that's totally okay. That's what their body needs. So I think it's like, we as parents think that we know better and we don't like the young child for the most part, as long as you're serving them relatively good food, they can pick and choose and decide exactly what they want and how much they need on that given day. Absolutely. And I've been trying to say to my kids, like, you stop when you're full. Mm -hmm. Take take a small portion on your plate, eat it. If you want more, grab more. But I, I'm so not into the clean plate club. Like, no. I was raised with the clean plate club. Even totally. my grandmother, you know, she grew up in the depression. So like right. everything, you know, you needed to use every scrap of everything. And I sure. just like... But that's really not intuitive, right? Like that's almost no. the opposite because it's almost like force feeding. And I, I granted, it was very different time. Right. So I can't even compare. But today it's not the Great Depression. No. So we don't need to eat like that. Right. Exactly. That's such a good such a good example. Um, I mean, what, you know, like what for our listeners, what are like tips or suggestions or things that they could do for themselves, with their families? um, to tune in and learn to eat intuitively. I mean, even just watching your language, right? Like really watching the things that you say around food and being, you know, having that awareness about diets and body image and, you know, like you said, commenting on what your kids are eating, or I think having an awareness is such a big first step. Agree. And that's something that I have, I feel like I've been really good about avoiding that in my family, especially like you have two daughters. I have a daughter. Um, just, I don't think we ever use the word diet or I'm very much, if anyone brings that word up, I'm like, no, that's not yeah. counting calories and having that mindset in my mind, just having gone through it like you, it's just not healthy. Right. Um, but how do you, you know, how do you learn to eat intuitively? Like we, we were talking before we started recording, like 
when you go to make a choice in the morning about what to have for breakfast, or do you want coffee or tea? You know, really like think about that, like pause for a minute and take a breath and think like, what do I want today? Not like, oh, there's that voice in the back of my head and someone said I shouldn't drink coffee. So I'm going to drink tea and should I have caffeinated tea or decaf? Well, someone else said I shouldn't have caffeinated tea. So I'm going to just do decaf or, you know, listening to that voice with every choice you make throughout the day when you make choices and then maybe don't be so quick to make a decision right away and just like stop and take a pause is one way that maybe that will help you tune into your intuition when it comes to food and other areas of your life too. And it takes a lot of practice. Like this is not going to come naturally, right? Because we are so programmed from the external and from our inner voices. But I think like Stephanie said, just like really tuning into what you want, you, not the voices around you and being kind to yourself and gracious with yourself, right? Like if you want the coffee this morning, then have your coffee and don't beat yourself up about it. Right, exactly. And um, I just think too, like really listening to what, like how you feel after and even like the next day will help you hone in on what you, what your body really needs because we're all unique and, you know, all unique individuals. And I know there's a lot of emotions that come with food in general. And a lot of people tie emotions to food and eating and, you know, finding ways to cope with your emotions like other ways besides food, whether it's, you know, working with an energy healer or taking a walk outside or talking to a friend or, you know, we've talked about a lot of different ways to kind of deal with emotional trauma or just emotions in general. Um, So again, having that awareness that, you know, trying to disengage food and emotion from each other, from one another. Yes. And I think what's really important too is, and Marnie, I know you work with clients one-on-one. I work with clients one-on-one to do this. This takes a long time. You know, this is, this is a journey. Like we say, health is a journey, not a destination, and it's not a linear path. And it's okay. Like go out there, have, go to a party or a social gathering or go out to dinner with a friend and enjoy a really great meal. And if you do feel a little too full later that evening or, you know, the next day, just reset, like just tell yourself you enjoyed it. You have this great meal and then don't beat yourself up and go on that downward spiral and listen to your body and decide what it needs and when it needs to eat the next day and, and move on and just have gratitude for the fact that you got to, you know, have a great dinner the night before or be with friends or whatever the situation is and, and just move on and tell yourself, don't tell yourself you're a failure, right? You're exactly where you need to be and you're, you're, you're perfect just the way you are, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, you said this, but I'm going to drive it home again. This takes a lot of work and a lot of practice. And I, you know, I'm on my own journey. Stephanie's on her own journey. I think that women across the board struggle with this issue. And, um, you know, there is no perfect. We we don't, we're not even striving for perfect. We we just want to be authentic and, and true to ourselves. Right. 
I think the point is you already are perfect, you know, just the way you are. But I think that authenticity, what Marnie just said, is so important. You, you want to be authentic within your own body. So. So, yeah. so what can we do, right? What can we do? Yes. Well, Stephanie mentioned earlier, you know, taking a step, step back and thinking about what do I want today? Like, ask yourself that. Write it down, you know. Every little decision that you need to make throughout the day, whether it's food related, what to wear, you know, ask yourself that question and take a pause, think about it, and then tune into yourself and try and, you know, do what you want to do. Yes. And even if something as simple as like taking a walk outside without your phone, without listening to a podcast, um, although we'd love you for you to listen to ours, of course, and just paying attention to your body, how you feel, the birds, you know, nature, whatever it is around you, that will help ground you and get you to tune out the external noise and the distractions and focus on yourself. So, but we would love to hear from you guys. Like, what are you, does this resonate with you? First of all, does this, is this topic something you want us to continue to explore and dive deeper? You know, where are you on your journey to eating intuitively? So let us know your thoughts. You can reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, theartoflivingwell.us, email, any way you want, come find us. We'd love to hear from you, answer questions, dive into this topic further. Yeah, maybe we could even do like an Instagram live or something and, and you guys could, could connect with us real time, so. So have a great day, right. everybody. Yeah, bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.